Welcome everybody to Monday Night Live. My name is Derek Arden and tonight we have a fascinating session with BBC, ex-BBC BBC producer Esther Stanhope, a bundle of ideas, a good friend of uh, Monday Night Live. And tonight we're going to talk about handling pressure, high pressure moments, because they might even be called after the uh, football at Wembley when sadly England came uh, second or equaled for equal first whichever way you want to reframe it and look at it uh, taking a taking a penalty with um, two billion people watching you on global tv if that went through your mind you'd have all sorts of issues uh, welcome Esther fantastic to see you thanks for joining us yet again and uh, Esther, I'm going to hand over to you to handle the first session and um, away you go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Derek. Hello. Good to see you. Hello, Jill English. Give us a wave. And if you're watching a recording of this, you won't have your reaction buttons handy. But if you're watching this live, as we are at this very moment, please do feel free to use your reactions. So look, give me some love. Let's just practice a little bit now. If you're watching the recording, this will, you won't be able to see all the hands up and the love hearts coming up. But we're going we're gonna to be using this raise your hands function tonight as well because we are going to have, this is like a chat show tonight, isn't it, Derek? We're kind of going to do a behind the scenes virtual water cooler moment show. And it's going to be in, it's a game of two halves and there's going to be an interval. We're going to have part one and then we're going to have part two after we've had a bit of a slice of orange. So part one, because it was the big game in the UK, the England game, England versus Italy. And it kind of got us thinking about the moment that you have to score that goal, the high pressure moments. Now, my background as a live producer, I had to, I used to have to make decisions live on air, second to second decisions as part of my job on a daily basis. And I just remember the first time I went live in a BBC studio. And when I watched those penalties and watched Saka, who's 19 years old, stand there with the world on his shoulders and millions of people viewing him, and he's got to score a penalty with a giant goalkeeper. I thought that is a high pressure moment. And actually that has got very little to do with football. I thought about when I had my first high pressure moment, I remember the first time I went live on air and we had to press, you know, press the button, you're going to go live. And when I first went live on air as a producer and I was in charge of the whole show, different feeds were coming in. I wanted to be sick and my, my I couldn't feel my legs. I had an out of body experience. And it reminded me a little bit of when I first had to um, do some public speaking, which is why I wrote my book, Goodbye Glossophobia, because it's all about the fear of public speaking. So I am really interested in this phenomenon of fear and then you're having an out of body experience. And I'm sure you have experienced that, too, or I'm sure you've seen people have that experience. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to talk about these high pressure moments. So. For me, I, I personally, just when we go, just talk about the football for a second. I'm not really a football fan like some of you. I'm not really, come on, uh, uh, you know, come on, England. I wasn't wearing a football shirt yesterday, but I was following it. And I did. And I was very interested in the comments that um, I was watching the BBC last night. And there was Gary Lineker was talking to Rio Ferdinand and Alan Shearer. And Rio Ferdinand, as Derek said, he said, when I take a penalty, my legs went to jelly. And Alan Shearer said, 
at that moment, it's horrible. It's a horrible moment when you, when you have to stand there. But he said, the one thing that you need to do is you need to stick to the plan and not change your mind. And, and, and the one thing that you, the thing that you fall back on in those high pressure moments are the drill, the drill, the practice, the practice, the drill, the practice, the drill, the drill. Now, if you're 19 years old, even if you've been playing since you were eight, you haven't got a hundred of those high pressure moments under your belt. So I think this is my, I just think that the only way that you can really deal with a high pressure moment like that is by having the experience. And the only way by having the experience is by throwing yourself into those high pressure moments. When I got over my fear of public speaking, because I really was, I was the, I used to freeze and my mind used to go blank. And for years I, I had this, um, I used to freeze and not remember anything. And it had nothing to do with the content, the style, my voice, my interpretation of the message. It, it had everything to do with my brain <laughs> and my heart rate going up. And, and, and so I'm, I'm very interested in your, view, your views on this this evening. So what we're gonna do, Derek, what do you think? Do you think that high pressure moment, do you, have you got your tips? I'd like to, I'd like to, we're gonna be gathering tips, but Derek, what are your thoughts on that exact moment? Well, when I presented to 500 people for the first time, my knees went to jelly as well. And also um, somebody, and I mentioned this before, somebody said to me, uh, don't screw this up just before I, um, I went on. And as Amy Rowlandson will tell, tell us all at some stage, that's a negative embedded command, which plants it in your mind, screw it up. So that didn't help either, but... Um, I went to a coach and a coach recommended bark rescue remedy when you're really under pressure. I have no idea if it works or not, but it's a placebo and uh, I have a little squirt of that and uh, away you go. So, uh, and a few deep breaths. So that's my- Yay. That's interesting. Isn't it? I wonder if a bark rescue remedy would have helped Saka at that moment when he had to oh. score the goal. I mean, actually he took quite a good penalty, but he telegraphed it. And this, this let's not forget this goal, this goalkeeper has a 68% save record on penalties under pressure. And he's huge. And, yeah, I, I still think that, the, that mentally it's very difficult to score the perfect penalty when your your brain must be you you must be almost not there because it, it, the pressure is, is is so huge so what we'd really like to do is is we're going to go into little breakout rooms uh, and then we'd like to share your stories of your high pressure moments but mainly your tips we'd like to know what are your rescue remedies for these high pressure moments whether you're talking about saka or yourself we've all had that moment of this is make or break. This is squeaky bum time, as they call it in football. And I guess, Esther, we're all yeah. going to get, we're still going to get them going forward in our lives if we're ambitious people and we're going to be going for it. And then we'll be yeah. coaching and mentoring other people. So this is red hot. And somebody mentioned leadership before. It's yeah, this is definitely in the, lead, in the leadership vein. Calls it, calls it all down. So I'm going to put people into nine breakout rooms. What's yeah. the task, Estes? Because I've got the flip chart behind me. I'm going to record. The, yeah, well, the, the task is share. If, if you had a high pressure moment or you have a high, you have a, story, a short story, please share that. But actually, what we really want to do, we're not going to have very long because we're doing a game of two halves tonight, folks. We're going to have about seven minutes. So I don't know how many people are in each room. Hopefully about three. Yeah, three. 
about three in each room. So, but share your tips for those high pressure moments. I mean, obviously, you know, the tip is get experience, but maybe how can you fast track the experience? Can you fast track experience? So what are your tips um, and your particular, your individual experiences? That's what we're discussing. We're going to chuck a load of the tips onto the flip chart. So when you're coming out of the, when you come out of the breakout room, we'd like you to share the tips um, in the, in the chat box. Okay, um, well, we're going into the breakout rooms now. You probably have to click on it. They're all assigned automatically, so you're going to meet some people you haven't met before. Yes. So away we go. And Alex, if your mic isn't working, you can just put your tips in the chat. That's fine. Go for it. This Welcome, everybody, to part two of Monday Night Live with Derek Arden and Esther Stanhope. Time is such a problem these days. In fact, it's the scarcest resource we've got. We never get chance to uh, get some more time in our lives. We get chance to get money and everything else, but never the time. So time is the most precious thing. Today, I've got Esther Stanhope, BBC producer with me, and she is going to lead a session on tips to avoid time jacking. Welcome, Esther. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And the reason why we're talking about time jacking this evening is because on this very show, we were having a little chat in the water cooler after we pressed a stop record a couple of months back. And we were talking about people. How can you tell when you have a time waster? This is to do with leadership. This is to do with business. This is to do with negotiation. This is to do with being savvy with your time and if you if you work for yourself or you run a business time is very very valuable because we are now living in a very time poor um, society aren't we um and so how do you know when you've got a time waster and i and i shared a story last time i've got a couple of time wasters this time i shared a story about somebody that wanted to talk and talk they wanted me to work with them and it was a, it was a great client and he wanted my ideas and of course i love talking as tim durkin um, will, will share with you i'm the one that needs to have decaffeinated coffee you know somebody wants my to listen to my ideas great however health warning you know, how many ideas should I be giving away? So we had a really good discussion. I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are on this um, in a few moments. But do you ever find yourself giving away your time or people stealing your time? At what point are they time jacking you? At what point are they time wasters? Um, I've got a couple of things have happened to me recently since that show. There has been there's been another incident where Somebody just kept changing the date and changing. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be 45 minutes late. Now, I'm quite a chilled out person. Well, I think I am. But actually, is that acceptable? At the last minute, changing the time, changing the date, leaving you waiting. How valuable is your time? And how do you know when somebody is a time waster? So what I'd really like to know is, have you ever come face to face with a time waster? You don't have to name names on this live show, but how do we know? How do we spot a time waster? So before we go into our breakout rooms, Derek, do you think you know what a time waster is? How do you spot a time waster? 
Well, I think one of the important things is when you're a consultant, if they're wasting too much of your time and trying to get as much information out of you as possible is to ask for an advance. Uh, and that takes a bit of nerve. And I work with some clients and help them do that because that's all part of the negotiation system. So when they start using up too much of your time, then clearly you need to start getting paid up front. Yes. That, so, but, so you think yeah. don't give away too much information in one call, like keep it, keep it, keep the time down to a, a limited time, like 30 minute, 30 minute call or something like that. I think 30 minutes is enough before you start start to asking to be paid and see yeah. if they're prepared to pay you. Because if they're not, then unless you're getting a lot out of it yourself, it's a win-lose. Yes. So so the question is, and we're going to go into short breakout rooms um, today, and then we're going to share our stories again and our tips. I'm going to, I want to leave a, a lot of time so we can share that afterwards. So we're going to do the, you know, the drill, guys. It's, it's networking, virtual water cooler breakout rooms again. I think we're going to use the same rooms as before, Derek. Is that right? Yep. Great. So the question is, how do you spot a time waster? And have you come across one? What's your story of Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. Time Waster? Um, that's what we're going to discuss after the breakout room. Seven minutes. See you in seven minutes. They're open. And we can pause the record there. Go for it. Yep. And if you, are you have you pressed... Okay, welcome everybody back from the uh, chat rooms and the breakout rooms and back to you, Esther Stanhope. Thank you so much, Derek. And if, you, if you're watching a recording of this, you can, press, you can press pause at any time and have a chat with the person watching or have a chat with yourself. So we were talking about how do you spot a time waster? I need to know because I think I'm giving away my time too willingly so hands up you can physically put your hands up if you if you um if you want to share what you um talked about in the chat also please even if you do share with your hands up please will you write a couple of comments in the chat because we are going to um save the chat and put some of the, your the best quotes together and the tips so how do you spot a time waster? Have you come face to face with a time waster? And Godfrey, I think you've got a comment, haven't you? And Chantelle does as well. So we'll go to Godfrey first, then Chantelle, and then Alex, have you got a time waster story? Great, so Godfrey first. Godfrey, first of all, how was your chat room? How was your breakout room today? Yeah, it was great. And I want to jump in first and thank Jill for helping me with a problem that's occurred twice recently. Is that Jill English? <laughs> Jill English. Jill, okay, everyone give Jill a round of applause, please. Jill, Jill, un unmute for one second. We're gonna we're gonna give you a, a 20 second bit of glory here. Jill, yeah. unmute yourself for a second. And I'm sure we've all faced this situation, but uh, I work for two or three organizations, and recently uh, time is precious, and you get the facilitator or the person who wants to organize a meeting saying. Uh, what is your availability like in the week after next? And mm. I go back and say, I'm okay on uh, Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, but I need to know within 24 hours. And then I never hear. And Jill, of course, said, Godfrey, you're missing the second part. Scarcity is the first part, but give a reason. And it's something as bland as because I have two other valuable clients and I need to answer and get them booked in as quickly as possible or whatever it may be. And it right, was, so scarcity. It scarcity. was a simple solution. So it's scarcity plus a reason. 
So Jill, um, a quick a quick word from you, Jill. Is that do you think that's one of the best ways to get around a time waster? Uh, it was just what occurred to me, and I thought this is Derek's show, Cialdini scarcity because it's got to work. <laughs> Great, excellent. Thank you, Jill. That's brilliant. Chantel, let's let's go to you next, and then Alex Kent. We're coming to you after Chantel. So, have you come face to face with a time waster? Um, yes. Well, I, I had an interesting experience example. I was talking to a client last week and she'd driven an hour and a half to go and have a conversation, go and have a meeting with a potential client. What she hadn't done is had a proper conversation with him before she booked the meeting. So she went through this half day meeting with him, gets to the end of it. And he basically said, I haven't got I haven't got a budget to spend on your services. So she'd done this hour and a half to drive three or four hour meeting. Then she had an hour and a half to drive back. And she's not going to get him as a client. And she hadn't actually thought to say to him up front, what's your budget? You know, how or even how how interested are you? How committed? This guy wants to sell his business and he doesn't want to spend any money on ha having somebody help him do it. So my advice to her was have the commitment and the money conversation before you even get in the car or before you offer to have a proper Zoom conversation with somebody. That is a yes. that is a really good tip. Is any does anyone want to add to that? Eva, I can see you nodding your head. And Tim, a quick addition. Eva, you'll unmute yourself yes, for a second. Real fast. When it comes to time, uh, I this is where this is the ABCs of real estate world. You never ask anybody when is a good time for you to meet. You give them two options. Yes, two the two you options. Can, oh, that's great. The other. And if none of this works, now at least we, we're starting this conversation when we should be meeting. They will come up with a third option. Even if you have nothing to do, you just give them two options because it's the same scarcity mentality. I'm so busy. Those are the times I have available. And if you come back with a third option, well, I may be able to squeeze you in. And I even advise my brokers to say, well, tell them if I move a few things around, I should be able to make it. Great. Make sure that the other side understands that time is of the essence. Absolutely. Just don't give away your, your time willy nilly. And, and I, I have somebody who helps me with my diary because oh, I'm so busy and I've got such scarce time. But actually, yes. when she gives out times, she used to give about six options. Like my whole diary is hold, 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 hold. I said, don't tell them I don't tell them I've got eight holds. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I'm busy. Remember, I, I actually really am busy. But, you know, I don't I don't want to just pack in loads of time. Those, of course. So, so I said, look, never more than three. Only ever give three ex examples. But maybe and always cap your meetings. Always cap your meetings. Don't tell them that we're going to meet at 10.30. Let everybody know how much time you have. You yes. can always be flexible, right? Again, I will, you know, I can squeeze things around and make up all yeah. phone calls and we can stay longer. But you have yeah. to give yourself that opportunity for out. If this is turning into something it, it shouldn't be turning into. Eva, thank you so is, much. I, Tim, Tim had a quick addition to the to the. Yes, yeah, so I learned well. a line a long time ago from somebody that when you're when somebody meets you and they want your advice, there's that getting to know each other, and then there's that moment where they start asking for free advice, and the the line is, "This is beginning to feel and sound like a lot, a lot like consulting. Would it be okay <laughs> if I started the clock now?" 
Oh, I mean, who who has who has the audacity to say that? I don't think I could say oh, it. it. It works. It works. I could say it. Works Mark like Quigley is laughing. He's got an icon laughing. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that. Would you believe me if I said that? This sounds oh, oh, absolutely. Like I, I, you, you in my mind would elevate as a pre- professional because yeah. you're very proud of your time and you of know course. you're calling me on my game. Yeah. Because I was trying to get some free advice. And you say, this is beginning to feel a lot like consulting as opposed to relationship building. Yeah, I mean, when a I couple of times, now. I've had a couple of people ask me, oh, can you review my videos as a kind of favor? And quite often, you know, depending on who it is and who's, and if it's maybe a client has introduced me to them or it's kind of like a favor. And oh, yeah, can you look at my videos? Well, that's going to take time. And that's actually using my expertise. So occasionally I might say, well, you know, people pay me seven thousand pounds to do that you know yeah. <laughs> to make yeah. it very clear that i i would get paid a lot of money um by goldman sachs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as you are not goldman's um you know but, but i think it's really important to show the value of what you would give away so alex kent you've been waiting patiently about um the value of time and people time. Yeah, so uh, two things. One is, um, again, just underscoring what you said, keep control of your own diary. Don't let other people put Ooh. in there without you uh, feeling that it's worthwhile. That's the first yes. thing. The second thing is actually um, that you can spot the time wasters by the people who are not respectful with your time. So the example I gave was um, I went to see somebody, you know, uh, about potential potentially hiring a venue and we'd agreed a time let's say it was 10 30 a.m um i went to the venue there was a coffee shop i had a coffee and it got to sort of 20 to 11 and nobody had showed up so i went to the reception again and said look you know meeting somebody can you make sure they're still coming to see me yeah i'll pass a message on another five ten minutes goes by nothing happens so i went to the reception and said right look if they don't show up in the next two or three minutes i'm going i'm going and I think sometimes you have to do that. You, you, you know, you can't let people take um, liberties with your time, you know. Uh, take liberties, it's a liberty. And the other what... thing, has anyone noticed this? Do you find sometimes it's not the high-end clients? It, it's actually the people that aren't that professional, the people that are going to pay you the least amount of money that are the biggest time wasters. And actually the, the very professional people are the ones that don't, squander your time i had one client he wanted a quick chat to do this whole leadership program he was in la really busy busy and we literally had like an 18 minute zoom conversation that then you got you need to talk to them talk to them and it was like boom 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 we want one-to-one this one-to-one could you also do a master class it was like it was like one of my biggest gigs of the year and we had an 18 minute chat i thought wow that was that was worth 18 minutes. <laughs> um, Esther, three, three things I want to just pick up very quickly. Yes. Um, Jill mentioned Gildini. Absolutely right. Scarcity principle. We're always busy. We've only got a couple of slots in our diary. That works. Secondly, it was Ellen Langer, the uh, psychologist at Harvard, that came up with the word because it was used in the photocopy machine when they used the word because it qualified why you needed it and it didn't matter what followed the word because but people got 50 50 more compliance <laughs> Tim Durkin, i'm not sure i've got the nerve i think that might be a bit on the uh, more on the side of texas 
this is feeling like a consultancy. On this side of the Atlantic. I this is feeling a bit like consultancy to me. Can I bet you say that to, to all the ladies. <laughs> Tim's question is a very good one because it's, uh, and, and Derek should recognize this, it's a trial close. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a trial close! Oh, tell close. me. A trial close. You're going to find out if they're push something serious. out there and and just say your t question again, Tim. It was I feel we've got I, to the I, point. I, I, I'm beginning to feel, yeah. or this is beginning to sound more like consulting as opposed to a chat. Uh, a chat. So it's a trial. Um, close is it okay because, if I start the clock now? So it's a, is a yes or no answer to that. So Tim is yep. testing. Can I now start the clock? Of course, they could say no. But then at least you, you're not wasting time going forward. Alex, yeah. that's yeah. exactly the point. You've, you're getting it to a, a situation where it's either a yes or a no. And Esther, when I was on the show when you had this discussion a few months ago. Yes. And there was this chap that kept using up your time, time and time again. Yeah. And just, what do I do? That is exactly what you should have done. But what, yeah. how, did that, how did that play out, though, in the end? Yeah, well, I, I haven't got the gig yet, but I have been passed on to some. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm so embarrassed because I actually did go back and just rekindle the, the, when, when the emails because of this. I thought I have to go and I've got to have something to show for this. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a relationship there. There's somebody else now who's become my handler right. who, who seems to be a bit more on, on top of things. But however, they just it's one of those large organizations that I just don't know what to do, Mark. I mean, but so I'm, you know, Esther, you, I can see right. that you might benefit from some coaching here. <laughs> <laughs> but Esther, the point is that if, if the answer is now no, sad as that may, may be, at least you've got to the end. Yes, game. yes, you, but they won't say it. And maybe I should just ask a yes, yes or no. Question. If you come on this show six months time and you still haven't got it, an answer. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. answer. Do a, do a trial close. I like that. I like that. The trial closed. But I, what I like is, do you think we should start the clock now? I like that, Tim. That is so sneaky. And backdate it six months. It's like, no, no, it's beginning it, it, to feel a lot like Christmas. Yep, <laughs> Shall yep. we start the clock now? Uh, and I have a phrase, especially in business development. Please give me a no so I can go get a yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, Tim. I, I'm going to use that. And no. I give me a no. Give so me I a can no. go get a yes. <laughs> Pick a yep. card. Pick a card. You want a no because or a yes? It, it, a it's a fact that the, if, if you get a no, you're closer to your next yes. Correct. Yes. You oh, are. Yeah. Oh, that is so good, Tim. You know what? That's my biggest takeaway today. Give me a no so I can go and find my next yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Well, I, I've got to say it's it's six o'clock in, in London time. Thank you so much for being, for coming. Thank you, Derek, for having me again. I love doing this show and I love seeing you all. And, and your contributions are always top notch. And I've got so many takeaways today. I've got tapping and saying, you know, from earlier and then today just now give me a no so i can go and find my next yes thank you very much thank Esther, you thanks uh, so much for doing that i'm um, just one thing i wanted to pick up it's very it's quite brave when you decide to walk out like uh, alex said i remember traveling up to cashier uh, <laughs> for barclays and uh, this particular client a big retailer was renowned for keeping people waiting as part of the uh, negotiation or sales tactics and we've been talking about it. Well, we're going to leave after 20 minutes. Well, guess what? After 20 minutes, they still 
hadn't appeared. So I'm chatting up the uh, receptionist and saying we've we're going to go. And now I'm thinking, am I really going to go? It's taking three hours to get here, and it's going to get three hours to get back. And I actually need to talk to them. So I didn't leave, but they did turn up. And Mark, would you record that, please? That um, Esther, because I am all Esther's already agreed to come back in October or November. <laughs> so I'd like you to ask her that question because I probably won't remember. I definitely will. <laughs> You're embarrassed. I'm so I'm embarrassed now because I always think that I'm, you know, I'm quite forward and I think that I move things and I, you know, I think I move things forward and go to next steps pretty well. But for some reason, I just can't budge. God bless you. I've got to go. Cheers. Esther, thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for, for having me. What a great show. I look forward to the next one, Derek. Thanks, Esther. And if you're um, watching this on YouTube or the Negotiators Post podcast, don't forget to uh, get Esther's book on, uh, on Amazon, which is yes. a great read with all sorts of tips. So thanks, Esther. And we'll uh, catch up soon.